Coming up on your weekly Wednesday edition of Locked On NHL, where we profile the Eastern Conference. It was a frozen frenzy to remember all 16 games, 32 teams in action. We'll get some highlights from that. And yes, Red Wings fans, we are going to discuss how you have taken the league by storm. All that on today's edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On NHL, your team every day. A reminder, you can follow the show on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe. Leave a comment below. The show is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL, and you'll get $20 off your first ticket purchase. I'm Ross Levitan. You can find me five days a week over at Locked On Ottawa Senators alongside Mike DiStefano, the co-host of Locked On Toronto Maple Leafs. It's the Battle of Ontario edition. We still haven't had one. We're uh, two weeks away to get the first of that, Mikey, but there was lots of great action. Not many rivalries last night, but what did you think of the 16-game slate? I thought it was pretty cool, right, to get all 16 games into uh, into the schedule on like a weekday. It's the first time that that's ever happened, I think. I saw some of the ESPN coverage. Unfortunately, we didn't get the coverage up here in Canada for whatever reason. Um, but, you know, I thought that it was – it sounds as though it garnered a lot of interest and they got pretty good numbers on it, so – uh, I think the NHL Frozen Frenzy was definitely a success. I was pretty locked in, obviously, to the Leaf game right at the start. And then I, the staggered start times was so cool, though. Like, I, it's it's awesome that they did that because it really allowed you to kind of, all right, when this period is over or during intermission, I can go watch this game. And then I can watch this game when that's done and then go back to my game. And then when it's over, okay, I can do the same thing. Just go check out games. And there was always action, right? Always action all day, all night long. So uh, I thought it was pretty cool. And um, I hope that this Frozen Frenzy continues to be like a yearly occurrence. um, Because I thought that it went off pretty successfully. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, we had that slight moment of panic where I believe it was in Anaheim. I could be wrong. Where uh, Columbus, Columbus, Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, no, they're going to throw off the whole thing. But um, no, every everything went off without a hitch, and uh, I loved it. I I wish I could have seen the ESPN coverage. Obviously, we're both up here in Canada. I wasn't able to tune into that, but just you know, having Sportsnet now, which is is kind of our NHL center ice up here, being able to flip, and they've got that multi-view, which is great, and you can have one with the sound on and then a couple others, so if there's a power play or anything else, you can get it in. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic, and I can only imagine what it was like living on the West Coast, where it started at like Four o'clock, three o'clock, even. Three yeah, well, yeah, because the Leaf game dropped the uh, puck drop was six o'clock. So if you're out in LA or Vancouver, yeah, you're talking about a three p.m. drop start to the start to action. Yeah, people still at work. <laughs> like it's oh, kind of wild when you think about it. But uh, you know, I think it still was, was pretty solid. I'm looking at the Frozen Four by the numbers. Um, Sixteen games, 102 goals. 6.4 goals per game, 93 different goal scores. Uh, 10 teams ended up winning on the road. 
944 total shots on goal. The first goal was registered at 630 by Morgan Riley, defenseman for the Leafs, with the last goal being registered by Shea Theodore, defenseman for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. That was at 1.45 a.m. game winner there. So um, pretty, uh, pretty solid night. And that was the game winner against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers who hung in there and took punch after punch from the Vegas yeah. Golden Carter Hart was unbelievable in that game, uh, even though it was a below 900 save percentage at the end of the day, but he held them in, man. Vegas is a complete wagon, still undefeated. Now, we do still have an undefeated team in the Eastern Conference, but is it wild for me to think that that's not even the best team in the Eastern Conference right now? Uh I don't think so. Like, to be honest with you, I, I don't think that's crazy to say that. Like, we're, we're talking about the Boston Bruins, who still are the lone undefeated team remaining in the Eastern Conference. And we spoke about this last week, and it's it's still true because, Ross, they still haven't played any great opponents. Like, they went on LA. that West Coast. We'll give them L.A. Okay, L.A., very subpar goaltending out in L.A. right now. Um, but still you look at that team, you look at the opponents that they've played and it's like, yeah, they should win a lot of these games. I'll be curious two months from now, where do they sit? Right. They're, they're, they're starting to go up against some more worthwhile opponents. They're going to have to make their way home, play in the Atlantic division, which has had some real tough teams. Um, so I, I don't think it's, it's necessarily a hot take to say the undefeated Bruins aren't the best team in the Eastern Conference. So they've got one more cupcake game. They, they come home and they play the Anaheim Ducks, who they just beat 3-1 in Anaheim. They actually got outshot in that game. Funny enough, like this is when you know you're not playing very good opponents. The Boston Bruins power play is one for 14 in their last four games, but they're 4-0. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's, that's not good. You know, like the Capitals scored their first power play goal last night too. They only wow. have one power play goal themselves. Wow. That's that's the stat right there. And you look at what uh, what Boston's doing. It's going to come down game eight of the season or really game game one, one and a half in terms of a real tough test. They're playing who, for my money, best team in the Eastern Conference right now, the Detroit Red Wings. Red hot. It was Alex DeBrinkett leading the league in scoring. Now it's Dylan Larkin leading the league in scoring. It feels like every night they're getting contributions and kind of polar opposites of the Boston Bruins because the Detroit Red Wings have been living on their power play. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but they have been living on that power play that's clicking at 41.4%, second in the mm. National Hockey League behind only the New Jersey Devils. But Detroit's played two extra games, so obviously they've had a few more opportunities and therefore have converted on a few more. Yeah, I mean, they got 11 power play goals already. Three by Larkin, three by DeBrincat, two by Gosses Bear. Couple from Perron and Andrew Kopp has one as well. Uh, yeah, that's insane. Actually, Robbie Fabry has a power play goal as well. So 12, 12 power play goals, and they're just seven games into the year. Um, I guess we should probably just go ahead and start talking about Alex to break it because the start so that this guy, dude, where was this last year for your Ottawa Senators? Like the guy's got oh, nine but- goals, nine goals in seven games. He's on fire. Yeah, he had one goal through seven games last year. So do some quick math on that. Not great, eh? Um, But you just got to tip your hat. I mean, Ottawa held him without a point over the weekend on Saturday, but uh, everyone else got points for Detroit. It was a uh, 5-2 win for the Red Wings. They go three for five on the power play, to your point. Some of those 11 goals that were scored. But 
it was it was a weird game, and we don't have to get into that exact game too much because they've been playing a lot more than that. They just got an overtime loss in the uh, Frozen Frenzy last night, but still, they were down 3-1 in the game, and all of a sudden, I turn the channel, I look back, and they're up 4-3, and to break it as the, the game-leading goal. Now, uh, Eberle, I believe, scored late in the game, and then they scored with five seconds left in overtime to, uh, to get the win. Seattle did. But, man, th- this Red Wings team, man, they're, they're getting great goaltending from Vili Husso, which uh, I didn't really see coming. He, to me, was one of those goalies that hadn't really taken that next step that they gave him that contract to do. Uh, I believe his save percentages were in the 800s the last two years, but he looked unbelievable against Ottawa the other day. And, uh, man, you just got to tip your cap. Like, I, I had a lot of question right. marks about what they did in the offseason bringing in Justin Hall, who leads the NHL in plus minus or did going into last night's game. Shane Goss is there. They got off the scrap pile and he looks great quarterbacking that top power play unit. It seems like everything Stevie Y touched this summer went to gold, even like a lower in the lineup addition. Christian Fisher, one of the assists that he had against Ottawa, it was that, you know, we see it every once in a while where a player, a right shot goes like on his forehand behind the net. And then as the goalie goes, like a little backhand dish short side. And uh, they converted on a goal like that. Like everything is clicking right now for the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. Things are looking real good for that team. I, I like, are they for real though, Ross? That's, that's what we need to kind of decipher. Like, yes. Like Alex DeBrinkett is on an absolute bender right now, but that shooting percentage is 39%. That, that's not going to remain. That's not going to be sustainable. So once that does kind of go down, and as a team, I think it's, what, 15%, which is extremely high. So, you know, law of averages might suggest that the goal scoring will start to start to come down for Detroit. And when that happens, I'll be curious to see where this team ends up landing. Yeah, and I mean, they've, they've played some decent opponents at least. They have. Decent, you could say, but I think more importantly, they, they've been important games, right? They've played Ottawa. They've played Tampa Bay. They've played teams that they're going to be going up against in the wild card race in Pittsburgh even, and, and they've just been getting wins. So they had that five-game win streak. They lost the first game of the year at New Jersey. I mean, that's a tough, tough test for any team on opening night in the Devils' home opener. And then, I mean, they p- played Seattle pretty decently. They got outshot uh, 38-27 in that game, though, but you could almost say they earned that point after trailing the way they did so they've got one more home game here against winnipeg tomorrow and then like this is going to be a tough two gamer man at boston at new york islanders and um, i'm going to be curious to see how they look after their 10 game because they went on an absolute heater for sure but with you it's like okay i, I want to see all these teams after a 10 game sample that to yeah. me is where you get like the first segment of the season each team has played a few home a few road at that point and then we'll review but like Wings fans, and rightfully so at this point, they were talking to us in the summer, leaving comments, being like, you guys are sleeping on us. You're talking about Buffalo. You're talking about Ottawa. And it's like, we got to give them their flowers, man. They've looked fantastic throughout the first seven games of the season. Yeah, I was one of them. I I was one of them. Like, we talked about the teams who we thought would take that next step, and um, we thought for sure uh, this is the year Buffalo does it, this is the year Ottawa does it, Detroit still think they're a couple years away. I think I came on the show, and I said, like, I think Columbus might be in a better situation than the Detroit Red Wings. Columbus looks good, too. And they do, and I it's the season's not done. That's my point. It's, It's not done. They're off to a blazing hot start. We've seen many, many teams get off to great starts in the first 10 games. Every October, every November, I think the Sabres do look like they're cup contenders, and then they end up not making the playoffs. So 
It's it's a long year. We'll see what happens, but absolutely, we'll give our stick taps to the Red Wings for being the uh, the surprise team so far early on in the year. Pretty funny though. You can be five one and one and still not first in your division. As we mentioned, the Boston Bruins are six and zero. Oh. What about the rest of the Atlantic? We'll touch on that next, and then we'll wrap up the show talking about the Metropolitan Division, some surprises, and what can we expect to see next week in the National Hockey League. That's all coming up. You're listening to Locked On NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. These are the things that bring your car together. Now, when you have eBay Motors on your side, you've got everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. And with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into an MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Welcome back. Locked on NHL for Wednesday, October 25th. We are already two weeks into the NHL season and a reminder that you can follow your local experts on the biggest stories five days a week all across the Locked on NHL podcast network where we have local experts in every single market. So when something happens or something I like to do is when my team is playing against another, I go check out what their host is thinking and get that view from the other side Mikey I know we always like to give a, a quick plug to our own team so what's going on in Leafland right now yeah I mean they're coming off a couple of victories here they beat Tampa on the weekend they beat uh Washington last night so you know things are uh looking up you're finally getting some depth scoring Austin Matthews got back into the score sheet last night so they're still on their road trip they'll be in Dallas uh in a couple of nights the real big storyline right now is you know, the goaltender controversy, or as it's now being referred to as in the market, actually, goaltender competition, actually, uh, with Joe Wall seemingly starting to, to pull away here after a couple of real good starts. Um, I know that you look at the score from last night's game against Washington. Yeah, they won 4-1, but that that was not a winning performance from Toronto. Washington took it to them. Washington had more shots on goal in the first period than the Leafs had all game. I think it was the exact same, 17 shots in the first period, and that's how many the Leafs mustered up the entire game. So just goes to show, uh, I think it was a 37-17 shot discrepancy. Ovi had 14 shots on goal himself. Um, yeah, Joe Wall was a busy man last night, and uh, that's that's kind of the big storyline right now in Leafland. Is, is Joe Wall going to you know pull away as this team's 1A, or will Sammy get things back on track? I thought you were going to say, is Joe Wall going to be a brick wall? Absolutely. That's, I mean, as you can imagine, that that pun has been used way too much. In Toronto, it's, it's not even funny anymore. Is he going to be the next Carey Price, though? That's, that's what Max Domi is suggesting. 
by the way, did say that Joe Wall gives some Carey Price vibes in reference to his demeanor and calmness uh, on and off the ice. So, eh, maybe, maybe. Maybe one day we can all do Hey, that's what the start of the season is for. It's for hot takes and absolutes in small sample sizes. I love can it. I, can, I, can I share one statistic so far through the first three games that we both called, 100% called, and yet is still somewhat wild and unexpected? What is it? Where do you think the Tampa Bay Lightning rank right now? in expected goals for percentage i'm mad at expected goals right now because ottawa dominated in expected goals the last two games and they got two fat l's against division rivals to show for it yeah i mean at the end of (laughs) sometimes it don't mean squat for the tampa lightning i think it does because they haven't been off to the greatest start despite actually a three nothing shutout win uh last night Jonas johansson good for him carolina Carolina, wow, that's actually that's an impressive win. Although Carolina's goaltending right now, mm. all three. I had, a, I had a seven play parlay last night, Ross. Fanduel, guess, guess on Fanduel. Guess what? What? What screwed it? All right, well, it has to be that. Yeah, Come oh, yeah. That's everything tough. else. Like between either a money line or a spread play, and uh, that's the only one that uh, that came back to bite me. Anyways, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, like the three-time Eastern Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, or Eastern Conference champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, (laughs) ranked 30th in expected goal differential right now. 30th. They're the number one team in expected goals against through seven games. They've been abysmal defensively. So as we pull up, if you're watching on YouTube, the Atlantic Division standings. And I know we don't really look at the standings until November because, and even some people are like, November? You look at the standings in November? Well, yeah, you know the stat. Like 80% of teams that are in the playoffs in November at U.S. Thanksgiving are making playoffs. So it's definitely still too early. And, and as you can see, you know, two points, one game separates being a top three in the division and dead last. Like it's too early for that, but it's not too early for surprises. And we discussed the top two teams. So is, is everything else kind of shaken out to me? I mean, Montreal, give them credit, three wins, three, two, and one record. I think that people thought they would just stumble out of the gate. They've been all right. And then to me, it's like the Florida Panthers. I know they've been dealing with injuries, but uh, for them to be as low as they are here, Buffalo as well, that that's a bit of a surprise for me. This division uh, is stacked, by the way. Buffalo surprises me. Florida, not so much, I would say. Like, I, 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 the injuries are there. I haven't been a big believer in the Panthers. I know they just went to a cup final, but I still thought that was very fluky of that to happen. Um, you just knew that the goaltending was going to, you know, come back down to earth, and it has, uh, obviously. So I'm not that surprised that they're a 500 team to this point. Um, Buffalo is probably the biggest surprise for, you know, a team who I thought was going to take that step this year. And they struggled so far, uh, just 19 goals through seven games. This is a team that, you know, was a top scoring team a season ago. You now Tage Thompson finally got himself a couple of tucks last night, but he's had a slow start to the season. And, you know, Alex Tuck, I don't think has scored too many goals so far. They're not getting a lot of production from, you know, lower guys in their lineup. So Buffalo, their slow start has definitely been a bit more of a surprise to me. 
Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, obviously, I watched them uh, their entirety of their game last night against Ottawa, and and what I saw was a team that's that's bubbling. Like uh, Jeff Skinner kind of broke out at two goals in that game as well, and like I just don't see this as as a team that's going to be. And this is not a hot take, but at the bottom of the standings for too much longer. Like I just think that there's too much skill there, and the goaltending was kind of the issue, like for me at least, with like the youth there. But, I mean, Eric Comrie stole them two points uh, in, in their win against the Islanders, that 3-1 win. I know that you might say he gave it back a little bit against Montreal. He didn't live up to the Jake Allen level. Jake Allen was phenomenal in that game with 36 saves. But uh, I, I thought that Comrie earned them that one. And even though Ottawa scored three late goals, Uka Pekka Lukanen, because Levi is still out with a minor day-to-day injury, Lukanen was unreal in that game against Ottawa. So they're getting their goaltending. They just need to get that cohesion with their top six contributing like they did last night. Like last night, I said Skinner had two goals. Tuck had a goal and an assist. Tage Thompson had two goals and an assist, albeit one being an empty netter. But uh, they're coming. The Sabres are coming. And Rasmus Dahlin looks dope. Um, I was surprised by this. I know he's not a physical defenseman. But you know Owen Power has zero hits this season? He's six foot really? six. Really? Zero. Interesting. That, that that does surprise me. You know, he also just got paid too. So you'd think that he would want to show, you know, a little bit more physicality now that he's got the bag. Well, oh, now that he's got the bag. Why does he got it? It's secured, but the paychecks aren't coming in yet, right? He's one of those guys who signed going into next oh, season. So next season, but they're gonna come. It's guaranteed money. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, zero hits, nine giveaways, 10 block shots, two takeaways for Owen Power, but did get an assist last night, so he's up to three assists in seven games. Rasmus Dahlin, seven points in seven games. So there's your Sabres talk. Coming up next, we'll get into the Metropolitan Division and our surprises of what's going on over there. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Don't worry about getting in to your favorite sporting event or concert with the game time app buying tickets to your favorite events is easy and fast bang bang two clicks killer deals last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have forget planning months ahead get exclusive flash tickets on football basketball baseball hockey concerts comedy theater and more. You get the gist. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best prices. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You also get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Snag the tickets without the stress at game time. So download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest prices. Guaranteed. Welcome back to Locked On NHL, your team. Every day you can subscribe to Locked On NHL on your favorite podcast platform. We are also free and available on YouTube. Subscribe to Locked On Maple Leaf. Subscribe to Locked On Senators. Mikey, the Metropolitan Division, your biggest surprise. Uh, I mean, we kind of already talked about how the 
goaltending has been so subpar for the Hurricanes. Like that's been one of their biggest strengths for years was defense and goaltending. They kept things low scoring and tight, and they were always amongst the league leaders in in uh, you know goals allowed or the least amount of goals allowed per season. So far, you look, they've allowed 33 goals in seven games. I believe that leads the entire National Hockey League. It does. There, no team even has more than 30, and they've got 33. So that, to me, has been a surprise, the the inability to keep the puck out of the net for uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes. And, hey, it's led to a, a subpar record, three and four, under 500. And for a team that has Stanley Cup aspirations and – um, certainly figures to be one of the cream of the crop of this division. That's not what I was anticipating coming out of the gate. And what I will say about the Carolina Hurricanes, and I'm sure Jared Ellis is saying this over at Locked on Canes as well, is they've only played one out of their seven games at home. Like They've had a yeah. pretty tough start schedule-wise. They got the win. It was against Ottawa. It was their home. I mean, home. Boston's been on the road basically their entire season. They're playing AHL right. teams. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But even I'm Boston got a couple – a couple home games in there, just one. I think one might be the fewest amount of home games in the league. I say with absolutely no factual evidence of we, that. You could scroll up and see. Yeah, but I don't want to scroll because then I'm throwing off the the beauty that is the YouTube view, which is why people like subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours. And yes, I have done a quick you. scroll. The Arizona Coyotes have only played one home game as well, and so have the Vancouver Canucks, who have battled through the Canucks are four and two, but we'll save that for our boys, Trevor Beggs and Kyle Bowen over at locked on Canucks. Those guys use so many production qualities for their shows. It's hilarious. Always big yeah. fan listening to those guys, but back to the metropolitan division, Mikey, I can't say this is as much of a surprise, but we can't be 25 minutes into the show and not talk about how Jack Hughes is the MVP through. Oh, two weeks. Like yeah. he is ridiculous. Every time yeah. I turn on the New Jersey devils, I am basically guaranteeing myself a Jack Hughes highlight. This guy does not take a shift off. He's tied with Dylan Larkin for the league lead in points with 14. Although the one difference is that Larkin and Debrinket have played seven games. Jack Hughes has only played five games and he has 14 points. Like you talk and, about on pace season. This guy's on pace for like 200 points. And I believe I could fact check this uh, in a second. I believe all 14 points have been primary points as well. I, I'm going to double check that, but I thought I saw that tweet floating around how uh, like, yeah, 14 points is outrageous, but want to hear something even more outrageous. All 14 have been primary. So I'm just looking that up right now to make sure that that is a factually I, correct statement. I got another I got another wild uh, stat for you as well. The top two points leaders in the NHL, aren't even top 20 in even strength points. Oh, so there's tearing up on the power play. Jack Hughes has 10 power play. Sorry, Jack Hughes has nine power play points out of his 14 points. And Dylan Larkin has 10 power play points out of his 14 points. I have confirmed this, by the way, that 14 of the 14 points from Jack Hughes are in fact primary, but wow. Dylan Larkin is right behind him. Only one secondary assist. So interesting. Bo both of them are making things happen uh, when the puck is on their stick. Hey, stick taps to Brandon Hagel, seven, even strength points, seven, seven total points this season. He's got, 
That's that's I always like that because you know it's obviously you don't want to be a power play merchant, albeit uh, even though DeBrinket's finding a way to do both. He leads the league in even strength points with eight. He also has five power play points as well. So I mean the the Red Wings are a wagon. We already covered that. But back to the uh, Metropolitan Division, I want to give some stick taps to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Actually, Mikey, I'm just going to open the floor to you because you've been all over these guys since day one. Adam Fantilli's been playing the wing. I think he needs to be that thoroughbred right through the middle. I know they'll get him in there eventually, but I think why wait? Let this guy cook. He's already up to four points in six games, tied for second among all rookies in the NHL. And you knew that last night, Columbus playing Anaheim, that was going to be a big game for him. Like, you passed on me. I'm going to make you regret it starting day one. And he did just that. Like, ended up on a breakaway last night, scored, ripped it right past the Tendi. Ended up with two points in that game. So, yeah, Fantilli already is looking over to Anaheim and and, and saying, yeah, you, you made a mistake here. Uh, not to say like Leo Carlson is not going to be a good player. He very well could be. But, I mean, everybody at the time was like, really? You're passing on Fantilli? All right, whatever. We'll see how that pans out. Uh, Fantilli one ducks zero. Uh, if we're keeping track of the scores, um, but yeah, no, I, I think Columbus has started out, uh, you know, pretty solid. They've, you know, started out with a nice little home stretch here to get comfortable with the new group and with the team. I think you can just tell that they've, you know, this is a team that uh, invested heavily in defense this offseason, bringing in Damon Severson, bringing in Ivan Provorov. You know, so I think that you could tell that this is a team that is just that's going to be more their bread and butter anyways. Uh, so I, I like what they've been able to do. They got to get a little bit better goaltending, um, but so far so good for Columbus. They're at least hanging in there early in the season. Yeah, I always like seeing how the rookies are doing early in the season and then compare it because we know the NHL is such a tough league to consistently produce at. And right now it's a two-way tie at the top between my boy, Ridley Gregg, who's up to five points in six games, and Logan Cooley, uh, the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, No, he fell in the draft. I was going to say second overall. He went all the way at fourth in that draft because it was defenseman. Third? Shane, Shane Wright oh, went fourth, right went fourth to, to Seattle. Right, right. It was uh, Simon Nemich uh, second to the New Jersey Devils. And, I mean, the Devils still have more pieces coming. To me, that's kind of the incredible part of their rise here as they're just getting going. Shout out to the New York Rangers, who we didn't mention, but they're first in the Metropolitan Division. I like this setup, Mikey. Let's do every week the big story for the first segment and then check in on the Atlantic, check in on the Metropolitan, and make sure to remind everyone to go follow all of our great hosts, at the Locked On NHL Network. Mikey, any final thoughts on today's show? I think we got pretty much everything uh, everything all covered here. And I think stick taps, stick taps to those at ESPN for uh, putting on a, a great show for the NHL Frozen Frenzy. I hope, I hope it leads to more viewers down south, more fans. And uh, it, it was, it, it seemed to go off well and the numbers look pretty good so far, so. Yeah, hockey's awesome. The more people that get to understand that, the better. We are going to pay for it tonight, though, with only one game on the schedule, the yeah. Washington Capitals in New Jersey to take on the Devils. we got 11 games tomorrow, and on Locked on NHL, we've got power rankings tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. But for Mike Stefano, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked on NHL podcast. It's your team every day.